The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome, my cherished love bug listeners. My guest today is a voice coach, but she's actually way more than that, as you will see. Tracy Goodwin transforms the lives of successful entrepreneurs, executives, and professionals with another level of success they didn't even realize was possible by finding and revealing their real voice. Tracy transforms your life by changing how you use your voice to communicate and by shifting the voice stories and habits that aren't working for you. I find all of this so intriguing. Welcome, Tracy. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. I know that you work with a lot of professionals around their public speaking, being more effective in the spotlight, but I'm mostly interested in exploring with you. What my peeps I think are gonna be most interested in is what you call the psychology of voice. I wonder if you could give us kind of an overview of uh, what you mean by the psychology of voice. So tell me if I go too far back and feel free to redirect me, but psychology (laughs) of the voice is literally the term that I came up with around the methodology that I created over the last 30 plus years. I'm a big researcher. I've been doing this work for a very long time and I can tell you the origins of it around dialects if you want, but basically what I discovered and I discovered this primarily because of how I hear voices that led my research to discover that it's actually the subconscious that puts our voice in place. We think about diaphragm breathing, we think about vocal cords, and that's how most people teach it. But there's a whole nother backstory, which is literally what goes into our subconscious affects how we use our voice. The subconscious literally directs the facial structure on how to use our voice. And I can break that down further. I can go back, I can go, I can, you know, however you want me to go. 
We, we will. We're going to break it all down. But it sounds to me, just I'm going to pull this in here and you can tell me if I'm uh, just drawing conclusions. But um, it sounds to me that you had an intuitive ability to read people's voices. We do a lot with intuition in Joy School. And it sounds like you noticed that you could tell things about people by their voice. And then that's what launched this area of study for you. Well, and, and this is especially for the people that are struggling with, oh my gosh, I think I have some kind of gift. There's no way I could have this kind of gift. And I'm going to tell you this part of my story. I was raised in a family where I basically wasn't allowed to speak. It was an extreme version of children are to be seen and not heard. But I knew I could hear voices. I knew I could hear layers of voices. I knew I could hear people's true voices from a very young age. When I got into college, I had this catastrophic event happen and I ultimately got in front of some of the greatest voice coaches of our time. I learned specific voice methodology and I became an actor. I became a director because there was no way in my mind I could be a voice coach. How in the world could I be a voice coach with the family I was raised in. Yet, and this is Yellow Pages days, Lisa, this is not social media <laughs> time. People are finding me to coach their voices. And I could go right in and I could say, okay, these are your blocks, these are your barriers, these are your stories, these are your masks, boom. You're, you know, here you go, there's your real voice. And it took me a very long time. It, is, it felt like of fighting this purpose but one day I went, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. This is why I hear what I hear. And then it was, then I was off and running and everything was researched and validated. And I remember the very moment that I discovered that I could tell how people, I can tell you how you're being processed in the subconscious of your listener. And I was teaching at a workshop and a young man did a role play. And I said, oh, I get it. You came down here because you fell in love with some girl and she broke your heart. And you don't know what you're going to do. You think you're going to move back to the East Coast, Maryland, I think. But you like it here in Texas. And so you're thinking about staying. And he looked at me and he said, how did you know that? And so it's just been this progression of now taking this gift. Once I said, okay, I'll play. And really, really turning it into something I believe is extraordinary. I love that. That story fits so well with what we're, we've been doing in Joy School, which is recognizing that all of us have these, these different gifts. And usually it is where your intuition is strongest, is where your gift for the world is. And we resist it and we fight it. And I love that story about how you just locked into yours and everything has been smooth sailing since then. That's a beautiful example. I love that. Yeah, I'm one of the very many people that really doesn't like to hear my own voice. It's kind of funny I've ended up a podcaster because my voice sounds ineffective to me. When I hear it played back, I can hear that scared young people pleaser who knew that her safety depended on sounding as sweet and compliant and weak as she possibly could. And that was all about safety. So I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I hear that quality in my voice. I don't like it, but I always just assumed it was something I was stuck with, just the product of my upbringing. But you're saying it's not, right? We can actually bring some healing to the the tones, right? You, you talk about tones in a person's voice. Absolutely. And and let me just say this. I, 
I, I make this joke a lot of times and I say, well, I don't really have a lot of friends because they're always thinking, are you listening? What are you hearing? Are you listening to me? <laughs> and, and I always say, no, I'm, I have to literally tap into it. I'm, I'm focusing in a different part of my brain right now, basically. But that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and you said a word that, that I want to talk about, something I discovered, which I call voice masks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you said people pleaser. And I would say 70 plus percent of the people that I work with are people pleasers. Mm. I was coaching a man years ago, and I'll, I'll tell you the story to tell you how I figured out these masks. And this is critical. And, and to bottom line, the answer is we've all put things in place to protect us. The voice is the orchestra of the heart. The subconscious number one goal is to keep that heart safe. So we've put all these things in our voice that don't necessarily represent us. And I was working with a man. He came to me and he said, I want to work with you because I think I'm repelling potential customers. And I said, you are. And he said, how do you know? And this was before I had created this concept of masks. And I looked at him and I said, what are you trying to prove? It's all over your voice. And his face fell. And he said, I spent my whole life trying to prove my worth to my father. Mm. Well, that was his core voice story. He was still operating from a voice habit that had a needing to prove tone to it. And so nobody was wanting to work with him because they're thinking in their subconscious, who's this guy think he is? It was still in his muscle memory. It was an overlay in his voice that blocked connection. Well, that set off a whole 10 years of research for me on, okay, what else is there? And there's like 21 masks. People pleasing is the biggest of all. The most people have that. Like me, like me, like me. I'll make my voice really high and helpless. So you have to like me. (laughs) Well, and you know, there's societal implications on voices too. And that's a societal implication on women's voices as well. Uh The number of times women have said, gosh, wow, I went to work at a pizza shop when I was in high school and the guy, and I answered the phone and the guy said, no, 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 don't say it like this. Say it, go, Joe's Pizza. So you sound nice. So see, we're, we're inundated with messages around voice, even beyond our origin family. We go out in the world and the teachers, by the time we're 12 years old, have said, okay, say what you need to say, but do it nicely and don't upset anybody. Mm. And see, there's implications around men's voices too. It's not just women's, but that's a big one for women. And so what happens is we literally, Lisa, before we're five years old, one phrase can determine how we're going to use our voice the rest of our life. So you hear somebody, a teacher, a parent, a sibling, why are you always bothering me? Oh, okay. I won't, I won't do that anymore. Boom. Just like that. Now you're putting it in the muscle memory. That is your new habit. That is your new voice. And until you hear a conversation like this, you never think anything about it. You may think, oh, I don't like my voice or, oh, nobody listens to me or gosh, I'm not really commanding the space. And then you don't think anything else of it, but it very well may not be 
your real voice. In fact, I find that most people are not fully expressing themselves. Yeah, no, I, I find that too. We all have that, uh, those masks, those masks are voice yeah. masks and all kinds of masks that, that yeah. we, we, we want the world to see us a certain way more than we want the freedom of being who we are. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of permission slips in the world around fitting in and being like somebody else. And we, it's just human nature to go, oh, well, she's successful. I'll sound like her. The number of people that have come here to work with me that have had something going on with their voice. And they said, oh, well, the prettiest girl in high school talked like that. So I started talking like that. How funny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so much of it is unconscious. And then I think, you know, maybe we all also bring something consciously. I know for me, it's important that the person I'm communicating with feels love from me. That's who I authentically mm-hmm. am. I love you until I'm given a reason not to. And even then there's usually some wiggle room. So I know that there's that intention when I speak, but at the same time, I don't want there to be any kind of like a saccharine quality to that or any quality of like assumed unearned intimacy that would make anybody uncomfortable. But it's that balance, right? Between what we consciously bring to it and what's going on beneath the surface that we're not even aware of. Yeah. So how do you help a client to change the tones? First, you have to identify the tones, right? You identify the tones that, that might not be the truest representation of who they are. That's the first thing. And, and it's really, I, I hear seven layers. I hear seven layers of sound in everybody. And that seventh layer is the real voice. And this was really great when I coached actors because I could hear the voice of the character underneath the actor's layers of insecurities, basically. And so within seconds, I can go, okay, you're outcome driven, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Okay, well, you're vocally there and I don't know where there is, so I can't connect with you. Or wherever the person is working from, I identify those layers first and I rewrite those stories and I change those voice habits. A lot of it's done through role play. So I'll say outcome driven is a big thing. And if you are outcome driven, a problem solver, not a bad quality that leads to success. But if you are vocally somewhere where I don't even know where it is, it's like you've taken off in the plane and I'm running behind you. I didn't even get in the plane. And so it's a disconnect. And, you know, I had a client one time say, good grief, you work in sounds the size of a grain of sand. And I said, that's exactly right. But have you ever gotten sand in your eye? Mm. And so it's, microscopic. I don't think there's bad voices. I think this is the secret weapon, right? So something as microscopic as your outcome driven, but if you're outcome driven and you're not here, do you see how it's totally different now? I'm no longer here vocally with you. I'm somewhere else and I need you to hurry up and get where I'm going. Creates a disconnect. So I hear the layers of where people are working from first, which is generally where the stories are found. Then I identify masks. And there's usually buckets of masks. So let's go back to needing to prove. If somebody has a needing to prove mask, there's an excellent chance. They also have defense and arrogance. People pleasing, 
probably has convincing justification or maybe too many words. And so I unravel the masks, crack those, get them out of the way. And then that leaves the space for the fullest expression to come through. And then we start playing with lining up what you're vocally truly capable of with that sound I heard from the start, which is the sound of the orchestra of your heart. And we line that up and then you're really showing up as the real you and playing really big and making the impact that you want to, that you were meant to make really with, I mean, look at a three-year-old, a three-year-old is not being cautious vocally. Give me a 30-year-old. It's a whole different deal. That is fascinating. The outcome driven is fascinating to me because a lot of the, the energy work that we do, the, the joy school work is to sort of be, be where you want to be, go ahead and, and be there mentally act as if create this life and, and go ahead and be there. But I guess in, in terms of voice, that would be detrimental because then we're not being here now. We're not being present with ourselves. We're not being truthful about where we actually are in this moment. So I guess there's, um, you know, we have to be careful about doing that, embodying the future that we want to create, that we're not being false to who we are in this moment. That's really interesting. Another thing I found interesting in what you just said is that the people pleaser might use too many words. So it's not only about the, the quality and the tone of the words coming out, but how many words we choose to use. That's right. And it doesn't have to just be the people pleaser mask. It could be, I, I believe that the words are going to do the work for me. And so if I say all the words, then surely you're going to buy from me. Surely you're going to follow me. Surely, surely you're going to like me. If I tell you all the words and all the details and all the backstory and all the information, and I never stop giving you words because I believe that the words are going to actually do the work for me. And it has nothing to do with the words. It has to do with, do you get me? Do I get you? Do I hear the sounds I'm seeking in your voice? Because everybody is seeking sounds subconsciously. They just don't realize it. And this is where a service provider really misses the mark in many ways because they are playing it safe and they're not fully reflecting all the shades of who they are. People pleaser might not want to be that larger than life because they may not like that really they're seeking sounds and when we can really show up as who we are vocally we give them the sounds that they're seeking and then they know we're their person it sounds like the service that you provide not only creates a different form of expression for the person, but you're really asking them to do inner work, to do some some interpersonal growth work. And maybe the, the sounds then just are a natural expression of the inner work that they've created. That's a big part of it. I've, I've had people say, okay, is this therapy? Okay, is this is not voice, this is identity. There are many tears shed, oftentimes. And it is because our voice is the sound of our soul and it's been covered up with all these layers for so long that many times people are just exhausted when they get here maybe they're showing up maybe they're doing the thing but they feel the exhaustion of the orchestration of trying to be what they think the world wants them to be 
And it's it's really, you know, the, the number of times people have said, well, you give us stuff, but what you really do is take away what we don't need anymore. And that's exactly right. It's an unlayering where typical voice coaching, and not a criticism, but that's a let me add something on that you are deficient in. And I don't see voice that way. I don't believe there's bad voices. I don't believe there's a deficiency. I believe we came out of the womb with the most perfect voice. I believe the world took it away. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, because of the masks we were forced to wear. Mm -hmm. I know this is a little tangential, but I work a lot with the LGBTQ community. I have a transgender daughter. And um, so often that's part of the transition is for them to find the voice that, that sounds like them to them. And it's beautiful. And I see the change in these you know young people. And, and it's strange that the voice that they grew up with would be not the true voice but it, it's like being able to put down that oh i can stop trying to be what the world's been trying to make me to be and i can just be who i am is so liberating for them yeah definitely for everybody for everybody right i mean i see in the business space all the time i see well i'm a professional i have a professional mask on because i'm a professional and it's, it's really, it's, they're trying to control image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that what you call drivers? I know you say we all have um, drivers that have to be overcome. That's when you, you... So we all have a core driver. And the core driver is where all the stories are around. So a core driver generally is linked to that first phrase that shut your voice down. It might be, the core driver might be, you're, uh, you're bothering me. Or I'm, you know, I would, could think, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm bothering people. So what's going to happen if that's my core driver? When I show up to sell, when I show up to do a video, when I show up to do whatever, I'm going to underplay it. I'm going to water it down. I may not even do it because this core driver is running in there going, well, you're bothering them. I know that one. I know that one well. You you might find this uh, interesting. When I was in kindergarten, my mom was called in because they thought I was mute. I just would not speak at all. They would directly ask me questions, and the teacher said that if if I they really made me answer, that if she got right up in my face, she'd hear the barest of whispers, and that's as loud as I could talk in public because I had been so shut down from expressing myself. When I would take a test or write anything, they said that the pencil lines would be so faint you'd have to hold it up to the light. And I think that sometimes when when we have an extreme case like that, we, we try to overcompensate, like our whole life becomes about compensating for that. And it's kind of funny that I became a writer and speaker as a, mm. as a career. <laughs> so right. 
So I, I wonder, is it always about taking conscious control of it? I mean, I don't think I really related it to voice. It was just a, a, I knew that I wasn't allowed to express myself and expressing myself became such a great overwhelming need that like you, one day I just gave into it and followed it. But I wonder how much, you know, how often that goes under the radar of people's conscious awareness that they have this, this underlying thing compelling them to to go create that that life of purpose well i suspect that most people hear the noise they may not pay attention to it and they may not connect it back to the manner in which it's limiting their voice which is ultimately limiting their success but a lot of times when i do a workshop or do a training or even work with somebody i'll say okay what's what is the noise in your head and they can immediately go, oh, well, I'm bothering people or, you know, I'm being too loud or who do I think I am? They generally can identify that noise. Yeah. So you think that most people, when they go in with that self-inquiry, they'll they'll know what's limiting them? They'll know what their drivers are? Once they, well, yeah, I think a lot of times it's just the awareness. Oh, wow. I And the connection oh, wow, I didn't know that that noise was literally calling the shots on how I use my voice. Mm -hmm. So if there was a question that the listeners could pose to themselves to uncover some of that for themselves, what would be the question they should ask themselves to, to find out? Well, you know, a couple really, first is what is the noise in your head? Pay attention to the noise in your head. And if you pay attention to the noise in your head, you can generally see a through line. My through line was you're going to be in trouble. Mm. So I don't want to say anything. Or I, don't want, I don't want to get in trouble. So there's generally a core through line. I call that the driver. And then there's all kinds of stories. Oh, you're going to screw that up again. Oh, they don't want to hear what you have to say. You better get the words right or you, they're not going to buy from you. Why do you have to be so dramatic, Tracy? Okay, then there's all these stories. So the first question is, what is the noise in your head? And then the second thing I want to look at is, where are you spending your brain time, past or future? Because if you're hearing that noise, you're in the past or the future. And generally, that's where we are. Oh, there was this time I did this bad presentation. Oh, I, I said something and I, they, they were mad. Oh, I'm going to make them mad. Oh, people aren't going to like what I have to say. Oh, I'm rocking the boat. We got to get out of the past and the future because you have no voice power except in the now. Mm. Your voice won't work properly if you're thinking. And here's how the subconscious processes sounds. So let's say you're thinking, oh, there's that time I bothered those people when I asked them if they wanted to come to my workshop. I don't, I don't want to bother them, but let me go ahead and ask them. Y'all want to come? I've got a great workshop coming up. You hear the slight hesitation. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be processed in the subconscious of the listener. And that subconscious of the listener is going to go, why would you want to go to that? They don't even want to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that was a 10-year body of research in how are these sounds that I hear and identify being processed in the listener? Well, you may not be thinking, I don't want these people to come. 
you may be thinking, gosh, I really want these people to come, but they're going to decide based off the sound they hear. In, in joy school, we call it the energy that you you project. We always are training people on how to treat us at all times by the energy we put out there. And you've translated energy into to sound. Yeah, and sound is energy. Uh, totally, vibration, right? yes. So I always give my listeners something to focus on during the week to kind of take in the, the wisdom of the episode and apply it to their lives. So I want y'all to you know go through this questioning process and see if you can tell what, what that noise is back there. And then I'd love for you to describe the victory box because I think that's a, a really nice mm-hmm. practice for them to put into to place as well. So I, I, ha- I have something that I call the dings and the victory boxes because this is what I see people do around voice and around subconscious. We have a dings box. And the, and the dings of our life are in there. The time I did the presentation and nobody clapped. The time I said the thing and I offended someone. The time that I was bothering somebody. All the dings. And then we have the victory box. So if you imagine that the ding box is in the left hand and the victory box is in the right hand, we forget to look to the right. Hmm. It's like if you had 100 testimonials and 99 of them were raving awesomeness and one of them said it was pretty good you would 100 percent become obsessed (laughs) with why it was just pretty good it's the same thing with the dings in the victory box and we have to start looking to the right we have to start looking to the victory box because we have to have proof because if we don't have proof our subconscious is going to create false proof Oftentimes when I say to people, I say, well, did that really happen? Did you really mess it up? And they'll say, well, no, it's false proof. The subconscious doesn't care whether we're working off of real proof or false proof. The subconscious wants to keep your mouth shut. So to keep your heart safe. Yeah, absolutely. That that ties right in with everything we do. Attention, we're, we're uh attention goes energy flows right you have right to, have to be celebrating the wins all along the way yeah For yeah sure. all the time and a lot of times we don't tend to do that because we perceive that that's arrogant and generally i find that people don't step into confidence because they have a perception that confidence is actually arrogance mm-hmm. and there's a lot of room there I've never been able to push anybody into arrogance unless they came here that way. (laughs) And then I moved them the other way. (laughs) That's beautiful. So, all right, y'all, your home play is going to be to ask yourself those questions and then start paying attention to the wins. You've done that in lots of other areas in the past. We're going to do that with how we use our voice and how we express ourselves. So, Tracy, do you... um, talk about like communication on the whole, the words people use, all of that, or are you more focused on just the, the tonal quality of what comes up out of their bodies, through their throats, <laughs> out of their mouths? I d- no, I do work with words and I get people away from words because the world has taught us you have to get the words right. And the minute you try to get the words right, you are in your head and your voice won't work. 
and people have scripts, people have the over, over practice. They do all these things and the words are in you. And so I teach people how to tap into the message. The message is where the words are found, not your head. And so, yes, I, and, and when I do communication training, I'll do a lot of rephrasing of words, things like ownership, conflict resolution. I will orchestrate different things around words, but generally I move people off of words because we have the words. We've just come to believe we don't. And by not focusing on the words, we're more likely to bring our full selves into the equation and express what's truly inside us through nonverbal cues and just the energy that we're, we're bringing to the conversation. Right. We have to trust that we have the words and then they will flow. We have to connect to the message, which is what is in our heart. And then the words will flow and then our voice will go to work. I love how you have different terminology for all the, the things that we, we do with the connecting to that inner source, that inner being that we all have in there that's all knowing and wise and love and joy. We just get stuff, yeah. stuff in the way of it. Sam sounds like it's the same thing with our voice expression. There's just things that get in the way of us expressing as our truest selves. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about pulling away the layers. Love it. Love it. Well, tell people how they can work with you or find out what you're up to. So the best place to find me is Captivate the Room, CaptivateTheRoom.com or I'm Captivate the Room on social media. And I do group programs. I do solo coaching. And then I'll do one-off workshops occasionally. I've got one coming up with a friend of mine who's an onset coach out in Hollywood, Steve Bridgewater, where we're going to work on voice and movement integration. So there's always something going on, but the best place to find out is either social media or the website. CaptivateTheRoom.com. Thank you. Any parting words for the listeners and how to I think, inch closer toward expressing that true self they have inside? I think that, I think that the thing I want to leave you with is judgment is in the future. And it's based on a perception in the past. You can focus on judgment or you can serve your purpose, but you can't do both. And there is someone out there that is desperately seeking the sounds in your voice. So I encourage you to let your voice be heard so they can find you beautifully wrapped up thank you i love that i love how this whole voice topic just dovetails so well with all the the energy topics that we discuss here thank you tracy thank you for spending this time with us today oh you're welcome thank you so much for having me it was a great conversation joy comes in many flavors but they all start with you being full on glorious you if you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. 
I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.